0: I have uh, titled the message this morning, Help Wanted, Apply in God. I have some scripture verses that uh, uh, we'll read, Andy, if we can. And you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into a marvelous light. I mean, there's just so much in that passage of Scripture. Uh, you know, but let's deal with this. As you sent me, it's talking about the Father sent him in the world. Also, I have sent them into The world, you know, you got a place in the world. That's what he says. You got a place in the world. All right. And I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my father has bestowed upon me, basically, a kingdom. Then he said to his disciples the harvest truly is plenteous but the laborers are few. Jesus said In all of the surplus and all of the great provision and the promises that he has given and gives. He, he tells us, but there's one area that there's a shortage. One area. That there's more jobs than there are applicants. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. So where does the laborers come from? The future harvest... Or the harvest that has already been harvested. That's easy deduction. It comes from the harvest. He says there's a shortage in the kingdom. It's not a shortage of people. It's a shortage of workers. And he says there's more job openings than there are applicants. Jesus, when he looked at the harvest, he said five things. He said, one, it's plentiful. Number two, it's precious. Number three, it's perplexed. Number four, it's perishing. And number five, it needs to be priority. Needs to be priority. And so he says that based upon that, one of the first things that you do when there's a worker shortage in the kingdom of God is pray. Pray, therefore, that the Lord of the harvest would send forth workers. Now, you can go a lot of directions with this, but this shows you the power of prayer. Prayer is something that is is born out of need, sight, noticing the lack. So pray to the Lord of the harvest, So step one is to pray. New Year's coming, so we'll make a, you'll make a resolution, even if it, you mess up or you don't like me today, you'll make a resolution I'll like you on January 1st. How much prayer have you put into the lack of workers? I want to talk to us about making a difference in your world. Difference in your world. See, kingdom priority is is that God wants all areas of your life whole. You are a chosen generation. You are not a product of time, but of eternity. Ephesians chapter 2 says that were his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for you beforehand. God has plucked you from, in his mind, this eternity of him and positioned you at a time and place in history, and we will look at some of those placements that we have record of. And in that placement, he's given you gifts. He's given you talents. He's given you purpose. For a generation. You've got, we all have, a purpose for a generation. We read in the passage of scripture that Jesus says to his disciples, I have assigned to you as my father has assigned to me. The same way it says in John chapter 17 verse 18 that you gave me a mission, I am given them. A mission, a mission in the world, we want to see our place as a mission, as an assignment. That life is not just purely about our personal goals, but you've got an assignment from God. And when those assignments and pieces of the puzzle all come together, it really makes a whole, according to Ephesians chapter 5. And it makes a whole lot of difference when your part is missing. So you might ask this morning, what is your kingdom? The answer is the very place that God has entrusted to you. The place that God has placed you in. Paul said that the Lord had assigned him. And we... He says we need to lead a life in our assignment wherever that is is at. Now, you may be good at cutting down trees, but when we start talking about this perspective, you need to make sure that you're in the right forest. You're in the right forest. God has set as it has pleased Him. Job openings, you know, be encouraged. Your kingdom, I give you a kingdom, I give you an arena, an area of influence, of authority. The 12 apostles, primarily their arena and rule and kingdom was the Jewish people and the Israelites. Then Paul, who was called later on, comes out and he has been given the mission and the assignment to the Gentiles, What is the overarching purpose that God has assigned for your life? Well, I have an assignment field. These kingdom assignments—they come in all sizes. They require regular business on a daily basis. I think if we can change our mindset in life from, you know, feeling the weight of it as a routine and put it in as an assignment, we just might energize ourselves. There's a story that you're familiar with, and it's a, a beautiful story, and it's the story of Esther. You remember her story, that as we will pick it up in that she's enjoying the good life. She is the queen. She has an entourage of attendants. And, Wait, people that wait upon her and she holds a position. And yet in that, in the midst of that, there's a crisis that's brewing and she's not aware of it. And so a life-defining moment comes into her normal life. And as a chance to be part of God's solution for something. Esther. You need to create space for the Lord. Create space in the routine and the daily activities of life, and the work of life, and the vocation of of life. Because she came to realize that there was a greater purpose that God had in mind for her placement. And that she had arrived on the scene prepared for the scene, prepared for the time. Because for such a time as this, life had groomed her, placed her, you know, given her position. And now was a, a tremendous opportunity where all of that purpose was coming to a, you know, Betterment of the crisis that was developing. Now she didn't understand that until she had some counsel. But once she got the counsel, she understood that she wasn't queen just to be a queen. She was a queen because God needed her to be a queen. God needed her to be in that position, in that place. God needed her to know the ins and outs, the rules. So she has a life-defining moment the choice that she has to make. A lot was resting on it. Of course, we know the story of the people. She becomes God's special force at a given time. For such a time as this... She had position. She had prominence. God needed her. Once she realized the task, the sacrifice, she developed the courage to risk her life. You know the famous story, if I perish, I perish. But I'm going to go into... See the king. And Paul wrote in Romans chapter 14 none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we're the Lord's. Hallelujah. In the life of Esther as she faces this monumental moment, it, it wasn't ideal. Sometimes the situations in our lives are, we don't like them. Sometimes in the practical, where we live, I mean, how many like everybody around you? I mean, you know, they're just the best. Probably not everybody. You don't like some of the problems you encounter. And sometimes you are victims of circumstances. Sometimes decisions that we've made, you know, they weren't right. Sometimes things haven't worked out just like we expected. But God is one that takes and turns crucifixions into resurrections. Where you're at, what you're doing, is not just a series of random freak accidents. God knows exactly what's going on. He's been weaving the fabric into your life. Everything that has taken place has been fathered, filtered. Because that's how he sets up for the miracles that he has, not just for your life, in your ministry, but in the life of someone Else You are a chosen generation. Isn't it interesting how you can relate best to a framework of age group? If I sit down and visit with people, you know what I mean? I mean I can converse because they learn how to, but if you get them in that one framework, I mean we've got the same stories. <laughs> you know? And there's a camaraderie and there's a there, there, there's, there's a comfortableness that begins to develop from it. Generation. You're a chosen a specific period of time placed in a specific place for a divine purpose though it seems to be camouflaged I know other things seem to be more major and occupy our daily lives but yet God would have us open our eyes and see where the need is really at. Because as a believer, you're part of God's great program on Earth. Part of it. God wants to inspire so we begin to live with, with, with confidence. People of destiny. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Your life story has value. Where you're at right now has potential and purpose. The neat thing about personal testimonies, and the neat thing about personal convictions, you know, is that it seems to make inroads where even, you know, when you preach the gospel, they can reject it. You can quote scriptures and they can dispute it you can talk about the word of the Lord or the prophetic words, and you know, and they just can brush you off. But there's something that they can't ignore and dispute when you begin to tell them about the transformed life that has happened in you. As Paul stands before Agrippa, this was his personal testimony. It was his own personal encounter. It was what God was into his life that opened the door and gave him, you know, an audience. That's what God wants to do, He wants to give you an audience. Just that moment in time, Vester changed the future of the Jews who had stayed in Persia. It had not went back to their, to their homeland. They had made a decision. So you are a chosen generation. God has chosen you. Oh, hallelujah. I'm on God's team. You know, I mean, you know, you ever, you ever, you know, they don't do that so much anymore, but it was neighborhood things, you know, and everybody lined up and we're going to choose teams, you know, it was just terrible to be the last one chosen. That doesn't happen with God. As a believer, you know, he's you know, chosen you, you know, for himself and his family, but he's chosen you, you know what I mean, as, as being who you are, what you are, where you are at this time. Because that's what Mordecai said to Esther. Well, how do you know that you've been placed there for this very moment, a defining moment in life? Now, we all don't have those major defining moments. That's why the Bible talks about daily. That's why, you know what I mean, we have in our vocabulary, routine. But it's Assignment. There's As an assignment to the harvest that is yet to be. An assignment to a people that is, you know, needs you. Chosen. Chosen. Chosen, chosen. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, when God began to lay out the format and the plan, he said, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And so this is where Peter is picking this passage of scripture up. These are the words you shall speak to the children of Israel. I don't know who they are. I don't know, you know, why. A group of people set aside for such a time as this. He said, You're a royal priesthood. So we're set aside for such a time as this. And then he conveys upon us that we're priests. Not just the 12, not just, you know, a few. Not just the guys dressed in suits. But he says, what I want is is not just an exclusiveness to the Levitical priesthood. He says, I want everybody to be a priest for me. A priest is someone who, who, who acts as a mediator. He acts as the mediator between God and man, in man and God. See your role. You take people's hands and you take God's hand. fact, is, it was, the prophet said this, you know what I mean? You know, in order for people to to be able to even make a decision, they have to hear something. In order for people to hear something, somebody has to say something. (laughs) That isn't how the prophet said it, but that's basically what he's saying, you know? Uh, How shall they hear without someone telling them? So that's what a priest does. My role as a pastor, that's not priest. That's pastor. As a believer, you know what I mean? I'm a priest. I have functions of priest. And one of them is to connect people with God and God to people. Another term that we use is an ambassador in which we serve people and represent God to the people on his behalf. There's so many things that a priest does. You know, number one, he's called to give spiritual education. Malachi chapter 2, verse 7 My lips and the lips of the priest shall teach knowledge, and the people should seek the law at his. His mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. A royal priesthood. Another thing that a priest does, according to scripture, is he offers up spiritual sacrifices. Priests are supposed to be praisers. Praisers. Hebrews 13 and 15 says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, the giving of thanks to his name. I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Psalms 141 and 2, let my prayer be set before you as an instance of lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So we not only function and operate as the one that takes the hands of people, we also have a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. You're a chosen generation, you're a royal priesthood, and the priest's role is to bless people. Bless people. You know the great one that you hear from the pulpit oftentimes, but it's not exclusive. It's for the priests to do this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. We're called to be priests that bless. Second Chronicles says, And the priests bless the people. You bless your house, you bless your work, you bless the workers, you bless the fields. You just bless every day. Because as a priest, you have a hand on God. And as a priest, you have a mission to the people. (laughs) The priest... Brings the flow of God's blessings down to the, to the people. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Who is it and might be in your life that God's asking you to connect with? I was, what was it? Been a month there month and a half ago, I had gotten away from kind of a habit in my life. It was a good habit, but, you know, I just, you know, I don't know why. Anyway, Lord woke me up one morning and said, you know, son, son said, you haven't, you haven't been blessing your family like you did before. Now... I'm gonna speak frankly and boldly, you know what I mean? I watch things and and I, I go I, I had noticed for a little while that you know my family was blessed, but I, I noticed that, you know, what, what I deemed and what I saw little missing things. Now God He didn't put it on them, He put it on me. <laughs> What's missing? You're not blessing. You're just letting life run. You're just letting it take its routine. you just, you know, you're just caught up. And he says, I want you to start blessing. So you can ask my kids. I send a blessing every morning. Thank God for texts. Well, I send a blessing every morning. Because God says, you're to bless and not curse. He says, when you bless the people, you put my name upon them. You just put my name upon them. And of course, we know that, that in that name is all power. It's all provision, all everything. We are a people to bless we're called a holy nation. Defining a nation, it means that we, number one, we do have a king. We do have a leader. We have territory. You have a territory. Paul said this when he was talking to, you know, his, uh, those that he had nurtured and those that he had overseen. He said, Now I might not be apostle to those people over there, but I am an apostle to you. That's what he's saying, you know what I mean? You know, some kind of ego kick. No, he's saying, You know what I mean? God has given me a territory, God has given me a, a, a realm, you know what I mean, of authority, a place where I belong. And he would exercise that authority. He would walk in that authority. But holy means to be dedicated to loyalty. Uh, it's, it's the ability to, to retain you know, your unique identity. Because you've been set aside for something special, something sacred. a special calling of God in the world. God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Well, if Jesus was sent not to condemn the world, but to become a savior, well then, and he sends us in the same way that the father sent us into the world, then our job is not to condemn the world. Our job is find a way to go ahead and Save the world, your world. Missions is not just across the seas, missions is wherever there is a need. You have a excuse me a special calling of God, a representative in in the world. I like this, and I wrote it down. As a royal priest in a holy nation, God calls us to stand in the gap between the holy nation that we are and the unholy nation in which we currently live. We take hold of the holiness of God with one hand, and we take hold of the unholiness of the nations with the other, and we pull with all our might, trying to bring holiness into the Unholy. We have the message that gives access. Christ died. So yes, as a royal priest, you stand between holiness and unholiness. But that's what priests do. it making sense, can it? Yeah. Let's take a look at what the scripture says in Psalms chapter two, you know, this this difference. In Psalms chapter two verse one, it says, "Why do the nations raise and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, "Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us." Not a friendly environment. <laughs> What's he saying? They're raging against boundaries. They're raging against truths and moral boundaries. They're rewriting the rules. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel against. I hope this would not be too frank, but take notice Rather than God's law, it's laws based on gender, gender identity, gender expression, and sexual orientation. Total opposition to the exclusivity of Christ. We don't want Christ because what it says, and they take, you know, against the Lord and against his anointed. They say, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. We don't want any barriers. We don't want any borders on behavior. We don't want anyone to determine for them what is right and what is wrong. That's why we're here. Somebody give the Lord a praise. That's why we're here. He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. He saw him as people perplexed and confused. And saw him as raging against Christ and his anointed. It's no time to back down. It's time to step up. Step up. Listen, Esther, it's time you revealed you were a Jew. She has kept it a secret. She has made her way, enjoying all the realm of prominence and position, but she keeps her identity secret. a time when she had to reveal her identity. And all heaven breaks loose. <laughs> you talk, you know, we go, all hell breaks loose. No, that ain't what happened. All heaven broke loose. <laughs> Absolutely. Heaven broke loose. You, I am a Christian. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We cannot hide our Christianity. We must not hide our identity. We don't throw pies in people's faces, you know what I mean? We don't go ahead and, you know, and ostracize them. We're there to take their hand and pull them into, as priests do. Remember, we've been taught you, uh, preached on, on Grace. And last week, the journey of grace and, you know, the avenue that grace took and how it came through it all uncontaminated, no matter what the channel was, no matter what the situation is. No, church, let me tell you, you don't have to worry about it. Okay. Yes, there's going to be those, you know what I mean, that go ahead and make grace, you know what I mean, uh, In it contaminates on both sides. That's what Paul said. Paul said that, you know, some go ahead and, you know, make grace just loose. But others said some people make grace too strict. We just want to get in the middle of the road. Priest, holy nation, hallelujah. I uh, obviously, in my role, you know, I meet people outside, but don't have a lot of opportunity to set like many of you do, because you get in, you know, eight-hour sessions, five days a week sessions with people. You know, but I do get to hear, you know, some stories, and one of the stories I get to hear from, and you know, is is my daughter and of course I'm connected with teachers and so there's a few teachers here this morning but the, 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 the opportunity and the major impacts you know what I mean I mean okay no my daughter can't pray with people on school time no she can't bring up you know Jesus and all of that but she finds ways you know amen to take their hand you know and it's amazing the effects and, and the results, you know that, that can happen. You have to play your cards, pardon the expression <laughs> really carefully. That's what Esther did. You know She really played it out. She, she worked for a divine setup, a divine moment for it all you're a royal priesthood you're a holy nation time to give away your identity if you haven't already Musicians come this morning. You're a peculiar people. Think about this. He says, you're, you're God's own private property. Your own private property. says in Ephesians, until the redemption of the purchased possession. We are more than just different. We're unique. We have to accept that. We're not weird or repulsive, but we want to be attractive and desired to be like. A peculiar people that maintain significance while also being relevant. The kingdom and in the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. A peculiar people. Hebrew children are a good example, Daniel, and how to function and work in the midst of cultures. Your people with a purpose. A people's purpose who is to declare the perfections of Him who has called us from darkness into the this marvelous light. To manifest forth the glory and the perfection of sonships from Him who has called us from darkness to light. Proclaiming the excellency of our heavenly Father. as you stand with me this morning. You are the right man. You are the right woman. You are in the right place and if you're yet not in the right place, God will get you to the right place. Chosen. God says, I want you on my team, Clayton. Just trying to make it simple. I want you on my team. I want you on my team. I want you on my team. Let's go ahead and help the Father. Take a second look and so the gap between the work and the workers is not quite so great he says oh you guess what you know what things are really improving they're really getting better and it comes from those that have already been harvested karen We'll have a song. Thank you this morning. I really feel that God wants us to start revealing our identity. Mordecai says to Esther, it's up to you. It's up to you. I can't make the decision for you. You've got to decide. If you're going to be one that steps forward, and if you're not, somebody else will. Somebody else will. Know you don't feel that way, you probably just haven't seen your place and your position with God's approval. And you know, God's saying, Yes, yes, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a Lord of praise this morning. Remember, your assignments come in all kinds of sizes, they come in all kinds of sizes, you know. Esther had her assignment. Mordecai had his assignment. You know, the Jews, after they heard the good news, they had some assignments. Everybody gets an assignment. You Get an assignment. Father, we thank you this morning that each one of your children and believers have assignments chosen by you, and you've given them a kingdom, and You've given them power and anointing. You've given them purpose, Father. We pray for that overarching purpose and assignment this morning. Needs every life. God, the 2018. God, there's going to be a shrinkage between the need of workers and the shortage of workers. There will be a closing of the gap, Father, as we recognize that you have put out a help-wanted sign for 2018. In Jesus' name, I ask you to bless the people. I ask you, God, to anoint the people. I ask you, God, to to energize the people. Give them peace. Give them rest. Father, from the cares of life, But God give them purpose in the name of Jesus Christ. And all the people said, amen. Happy New Year. God bless.